Hey y'all, this is Charlie, and together we are living, loving, laughing in grace. Today we are going to dive right back in, really finally get to sink our teeth into this year's vision of the year, which is all about us resting and trusting and growing and experiencing to new depths, to new heights, the love and faithfulness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, my friends. And um, But before we get into that, let's just take a moment to let Jesus know how much we enjoy being in his presence and to invite him to join with us. Jesus, we do. We just thank you that every time we get together, you manifest your presence here with us. We thank you that you so love us and so care for us, that it delights your heart just to be here with us. And Lord, we, we want to know more about you. We want to know more and more and more about you. Help us to open our eyes to see you for who you really are. Help us to open our hearts to receive the fullness of your love for us. And open our eyes to see your constant, ever eternal faithfulness to us, Lord. We want to know you the way you want us to know you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, my friends. So in our last podcast, you know, I, I do want to remind us of that actual visual. The Lord loves to give us faith pictures. The Bible is full of faith pictures because God knows that we think visually he created us, right? I've, I've said this before. If I say the word pizza in your mind, did you just visualize the letters P-I-Z-Z-A? Or did you just picture your favorite slice of pizza, right? I mean, some of you right now are even kind of getting to where you feel like you can smell it. You can almost taste it, right? Well, the Lord knows that's how we think since he made us. And he gives us all these beautiful pictures in the Bible that we can uh, visualize to help us, right, receive all the goodness that he wants to give us, to help us see him, to understand him because he's so out of this world, right? It's, he's he's so amazing. He's in each and every one of us. He's in your heart and you're seated in him. But at the same time, this world can't contain him. So he's also out of this world. He's he's so far beyond our thinking. We can only understand him with the wisdom that he first gives us to be able to understand him. <laughs> right. So even the little bits that we get to know. So anyhow, he's given us this beautiful picture, like visualize this massive mountain, this mountain that rises so high into the sky that you can't even see the top of it. And this mountain is a picture of his love for us. And we are on this amazing journey throughout all of our life, my friends. Uh, and, and the amazing thing is this hike starts here on earth, this journey where we're discovering how much God loves us. But that hike continues right on into heaven, my friends, because it won't be until we have our fully perfected minds and uh, our will, our emotions and body that we will really be able to understand the depths and the, and the width and the length and the great greatness of God's love for us. It's a beautiful journey that doesn't end. But as we talked about, even though we know it is so far beyond that we could ever fully comprehend it on this side of heaven, there's still joy in the journey. My friend, there is so much for us with every bit of understanding 
that we receive about his love. You know, and I kind of compared it to you, we can stay down in, in the bottom, you know, like a, if you ever seen a big city, a lot of really big cities, especially depending on their physical layout, have smog problems where the air is, is literally like dirty. You can even see it and you don't want to breathe it and it's bad for you. And if you just get higher up, you can actually get to a point where you're up above that. I remember landing uh, on, a, on an airplane once, taking a flight and landing at the Los Angeles airport. And of course, on, when we first um, get into the area, it's, the sky is beautiful. You know, we're still so high up that the sky is beautiful and has nothing but clear blue and, and everything. And then as we start our descent, I could literally see out my window the layer of smog. And then we come down through it. And it was like a completely different experience on the ground, right? God's saying, come up here, come up with me, come up into my love, up above that, breathe the good fresh air, the clean air, live on the mountain of my love, where my love, this is what he's saying to you, his love supports you, his love provides for you, his love takes care of you, and he is so faithful that he even makes sure that we, we grow in his love. He's the one that encourages us along the way. When we fall, we fall on the mountain, right? If you trip and fall, you don't, you're not suddenly down at the bottom again. You fall, his love catches you. And in his faithfulness, he picks you back up again. Hallelujah, my friends. Our God is just so good. He is so good and so loving. And because of his love and his faithfulness, you can expect good days ahead my friends you can expect a bright future you can laugh at your future expect a future so good that it brings laughter it brings joy because it's all based on him and god is righteous in doing this my friends he is righteous and being faithful to us because his son was faithful all the way to the end was so obedient was so faithful to to lay down his life. He loved his father fully with all that he had, was faithful to him, my friends. First and, and foremost, the, the crucifixion, we, we, see that Je we see Jesus relying on the love of the father for him and his love for the father and his faithfulness to him. And we also see his love and his faithfulness to each and every one of us, my friends. It wasn't our faithfulness that caused Jesus to, to endure the pain and the, and the scourging and the beatings that he did to go to the cross. It wasn't our faithfulness. It wasn't our works that he allowed himself to be crucified, that he gave up his spirit. The Bible says he bowed, he, he gave up, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It wasn't taken from him. My friend, it's all about what he's done. God initiated with his love. God is love, the Bible says. And in fact, it tells us that we love because God first loved us. God is the source of all love, my friends. So the more we receive of his love, the more we'll love him and the more we will love each other and all of those around us. And you know what? It's those who receive and receive and receive and take and take and take of God's love that love the people around them the quickest and easiest, right? Sometimes people don't even know how to, to understand it, especially people who've never received Jesus Christ. 
They, they don't understand your generosity. They don't understand how you can be so loving towards them, my friend. And, and in fact, that's like a little mini picture. They can't understand because they haven't tasted at all of God's love. And on the flip side, we're still learning of God's love, how great it is. Amen. So we are going to Jeremiah 31.3. We just touched on it in the last podcast, but we are going to dive into the riches of this scripture today. Um, Jeremiah 31.3, and I am reading this from the Amplified Version. The Lord appeared from of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. Now this year, my friends, uh, we are going to have a lot of scriptures where in some of them, you will see God's love directly and his faithfulness indirectly. And then also we'll see scriptures where we see his faithfulness directly and his love indirectly. And then like there's some, they're both very, very apparent. And um, you'll, you'll get to see more of that. But they go hand in hand, my friends. It is because, in fact, that's what this scripture is telling us. It's saying that God is faithful to us because of his great love for us. That's his motive. What a motive, my friends. And see, the more we understand this, the more we dwell on this, it helps us to trust him. It helps us to rely on him. My friend, because in all honesty, we can't trust someone if we don't understand what their motive is for being in our life, right? You won't rely on them. If, if you don't think someone is faithful, if they're not reliable, they won't be the person that you call on, that you share your, your intimate secrets with. You know, God wants to be that person in our life. First and, and foremost, he wants us to know and see just how much we can trust him and rely on him. My friend, you know, there's a, a scripture in Galatians that says it is for freedom's sake that Christ has set you free. For freedom's sake, Christ has set you free. Christ has set us free because he wants us to enjoy freedom. Not because he wants to put us under a whole bunch of other set of rules and regulations and demands and things that stress us out. He has only pure motives for us. And the more we see how much God loves us and we rely on him and we trust him, the more freedom it brings for us. You know, the things that we stress out about are the things that we're not trusting God with. Because if we were trusting God with that, we wouldn't be stressed about it. <laughs> you know, and you can, my friend, you can get upset and sometimes we, we hear things that kind of hurt or prick our pride, but it's for our good, right? It's for our good. When you get stressed about something and, and you realize that you're stressed out, let that be an indicator for you. Let that be a little flag that goes off that goes, oh, no big deal. This is simply something that I need to take to my loving daddy God that I know he wants to take care of for me. Let there be a, a moment that you invite Jesus in to take care of that for you. And sometimes, you know, we have an area that we've gotten so used to stressing about, we might have to invite Jesus in again and again, you know, take our hands off. It's like we take our hands off and, and, and he starts to go to work for us, 
Oh, he's always working for us. But, you know, but we don't see it happen quick enough. We don't see the changes we want quick enough. We don't see the response or the outcome we want quick enough. So then our hands go back on. And can I tell you something? If we're working, God's resting. Because if God jumps in and, and it, first of all, he's not going to override your free will. And if God jumps in to give you a great outcome while you're stressing and working, you know what ends up happening? We think we got that great outcome because of our stress and because of our work and because of our efforts. So what, what happens then? Then we start stressing even more, working even harder. The exact opposite of what freedom is. The freedom Christ came to give us. So when you see yourself stressed about an area, you know what you really need? You just need a greater revelation of how much God loves you. You know, it's, it's like this, practically speaking. And, and here's the thing, my friends, there is no condemnation here. There is no judgment here because there is something for all of us. What one person stresses out about, someone else might not. You know, what you worry about, I might not, but then there's something I worry about that you don't worry about, right? We all have something. But just to put this in something really practical terms, especially considering some of the things that are going on in the world right now, like high inflation, gas prices rising again. There is um, shortage and scarcity all over the world, my friends. And so it would be very, very easy in the natural to be concerned about, am I going to have enough? Am I going to have enough money to support myself, to take care of my family? Are we going to be able to continue to afford groceries and, you know, the things that we need? But when we stop and take a moment to go, wait a minute, Jesus <laughs> loves me so much. He already gave up his life for me. He's already shown me the fullness of his love and his faithfulness to me. My friends, he had to fight his way to the cross. We're going to get into this in another, in another episode, but there were multiple times where Jesus had the opportunity to bail out on all that suffering, on the crucifixion, on the whole thing. And oh, by the way, because he had never sinned, if he chose, he didn't have to die at all because death is the penalty for sin. He could have ascended into heaven and avoided the whole thing. None of us can do that because we've sinned. We have sin in our blood, right? That's how you're born naturally. Once you receive Jesus Christ, you've got new blood. <laughs> Amen. That's why he says that you're born again. You're a child of God. Amen. You've got a whole new set of DNA. Cut off that thinking that you have to have the same problems as your, your parents or your grandparents because you've got a new papa, right? Yes, you still have your family in the natural, but you've got a new papa and you can expect his sort of things. Amen. So, so Jesus, we see the fullness of his love and his faithfulness at the cross, my friends. And the Bible even tells us in Romans chapter 8 that God says, now that I have given you my son. Do you think I would hold anything else back from you? My friend, he gave up his son. Jesus Christ was the payment for God to open up the windows of heaven over us and rain down blessings. He will always provide for you. In fact, the very first vision that man ever received from the Lord was Abraham. And it's when the Lord appeared to him. I'm talking about in a vision. And told Abraham, do not fear. 
for I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. What does a shield do, my friends? Here we go again with these visual pictures. A shield protects you. He's saying, I'm your protector. I am your protector. Do not fear. Do not worry. I don't care if it's a natural disaster, if it's man-made disasters, whatever's going on. He's saying, I'm your protector. God, me, your heavenly daddy. And not only when you're being good, right? He says, I am your protector. That's what grace is, my friends, is that it's undeserved, unmerited favor of God, which means in your best moments, in your worst moments, God is still your shield because it's based on who he is, his love for you, his faithfulness to you, his favor on you. Everything God does for us is based on who he is, not who we are. It's based on his character, not ours. Ours is fallen. Amen. That was the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. The covenant they got at Mount Sinai was based on what man could do and man's character. And that's why they always ended up on the side of cursing. But God never wanted to give that covenant. He brought them there to remind them of the grace covenant he had made with their forefather, Abraham. But it had been hundreds of years and they didn't even know God anymore. It says that the Israelites came out and some of them were even worshiping the Egyptian gods. So God wanted to say, hey, this is who I am. Live under the covenant that your forefather Abraham did because it was because of that covenant. That was why God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, not because they were perfect. They, they had all kinds of sins. He brought them out because of his love and his faithfulness. And my friends, we are under a grace covenant. But where Abraham believed for the time that would come, where Jesus would come and be the sacrifice, we have the fullness of that sacrifice having already been made. Jesus has already sacrificed himself and we are now so clean and so righteous that his very spirit lives inside of you. Hallelujah, my friends. Hallelujah. And I've gone so far down this bunny trail, I have no idea which way to turn or which way is up or down. Um... So yes, God's goodness, um, his faithfulness. Oh, so we see, yes, that first vision. Okay, thank you, Jesus. He just reminded me that first vision. He showed that he's our shield. He's our protector. He also said, I'm your exceedingly great reward. Some of y'all aren't going to want to hear this. And some of you are going to go, that's so great. That word in the Hebrew actually implies paycheck. He is literally telling us that he is our paycheck. He is our provider. Yes, your, your job is just the channel through which God provides to you. But don't ever make the mistake of putting your job, your work in God's place. Okay, when we go to work, we work as unto the Lord. We don't even go to work just to earn money, my friends, because that becomes very shallow and never ending. And we can compromise our morals and, and compromise our time with the Lord and get into doing all this overtime and get stressed out if we're just going to work for a paycheck. But we go to work as unto the Lord, the Bible says, and know that your reward will come from him. And then you know what, my friends? Yeah, that gives us that spirit of excellence. We want to stand out for our excellence because we have an excellent God who's given us excellent things. It's a response to the abilities that he's put in us, that he's given us, how he's created us. Amen, my friends. 
Amen. And when you know that, wait, I am working as unto the Lord and he is my provider. So even if I do lose this job, that means he's got a better one waiting for me. You know what? My supervisor might not, might not see that these were all my ideas or my hard work. You know, have you ever been in a situation where a coworker's taking credit for the things that you've done? I've been there. And you know what? You can fight and scrap or you can say, you know what, but Lord, I'm working as unto you. You know that I'm the one that did this. And I believe that I'm going to get my reward from you. My friends, work becomes a joy then, becomes a peace. God releases his favor. You see yourself wrapped up. The Bible says his favor surrounds us as with a shield. See his favor on you, my friends. And and then you won't compromise your morals. You won't compromise your time with the Lord, with your family. You won't give up the things that you shouldn't. And you'll become a light, the light that you are, right? Jesus is already a light in you. And sometimes that's also why you experience persecution. And and I don't know about you, but I always had this idea that, that persecution was like, if I'm out there sharing about Jesus and, and someone you know, comes, comes against me, you get a, you, and unfortunately that does exist even in some of the places where I know people are listening to me, uh, even now where they are arrested just for simply saying that they believe in Jesus Christ. My friends, we are so blessed in the United States. We should take every moment, every chance to speak the name of Jesus because we still have that freedom. I know in in one country where there is somebody listening, God bless you and I pray for you all the time. A 12-year-old girl was arrested for telling someone about Jesus. She was beaten every day and for 30 days in a row because they were trying to get her to, to, to renounce Jesus and she wouldn't. She spent almost three years in prison before she was finally released. This is the reality, my friends. Let's never take it for granted that we can speak the name of Jesus. When, if you live in a country where you can gather openly, you can carry your Bible. My friends, it is a privilege, a great privilege. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, oh, and pray for our brothers and sisters around the world that are being heavily persecuted like this. But there's also a persecution that comes where, you know, there's somebody that just doesn't like you. They're just, you know, maybe your boss just doesn't like you or a coworker, a neighbor. And my friends, sometimes that's also because of the light of Christ in you. You know, uh, I always, I'll come to the Lord and ask him, okay, because maybe, maybe I've offended them and I don't know how, but don't look to yourself. I spend time with the Lord and, you know, he will, he will let you know, right? Oh, this is, this is just persecution. And you can also go to that person and ask him. But anyways, okay. So (laughs) once again, (laughs) where were we? Let's just go back to Jeremiah 31, three, because I've done laws where we were at. But um, as always, uh, we have no agenda here. This is just a beautiful, wonderful time that we get to come and see Jesus. And that's what we're doing. And I just rely on him and his guidance and his spirit that every word that's being said is a word that he knows we need to hear. He knows you need to hear. Amen. So Jeremiah 31.3, that's what we were talking about, that it's because of how much the Lord loves us that he is faithful to us, my friends. He's faithful to show up in your life. Amen. The Lord appeared from of old to me saying, yes. Okay, I'm going to stop right here. I love this. 
the Lord appeared. And in the first thing he says, look, he starts off by saying yes. What would that imply to you? That would imply that a question was asked, right? The Lord appeared from of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you. So that would make you think someone said, Lord, do you love me? Have you ever been there? I know I have. Where you wonder, God, do you love me? Do you care about me? Do you see what I'm going through? And my friends, can I tell you something? It is okay to have doubts. You know what we want to do with those doubts? Take them to the Lord. Even, especially when they're about Him. Because He is the one that can, that can take care of that, that can answer those doubts. Amen? But we get this thinking, I think sometimes from our flesh, sometimes from the enemy, that if I'm questioning God, the best thing to do is to try to act like I'm not questioning God. And the problem with that is God knows that you're doubting him or questioning him, right? And then because we're trying to pretend like we're not, we're putting up this barrier, my friends, it will keep you. You can't have honest communication with the Lord, with anyone in your life, if you're at the same time trying to hide what you really think about them. So he says, just come and tell me, right? Lord, do you really love me? Do you even care about me? And does he scold you and say, hey, yo, I wrote this entire Bible. Go figure it out. Go read it. You know, no. Listen, he says, yes, yes. So if that's you today and you're wondering and you have that question in your heart, God, do you love me? I don't think you can possibly love me. Look what I've done. Look at the life I've lived. Look at my lifestyle. Look at the choices I've made. Can you possibly love me? And his answer to you is yes. Yes. And not only yes. But yes, I have loved you. I have loved you. Before you even asked. My friends, before we even knew about God or cared about God or wondered about God, He loved you. And you know what, my friends? We are going to have to stop right there. We are out of time. I don't know if any of you know a way to bind that clock up so it stops running so fast on us all the time. <laughs> but um, I'm going to have to let you go. But we will jump straight back into this in our next podcast. Uh, and until then, my friends, I do want to declare this beautiful prayer over you from Ephesians 3. And I encourage you to make this uh, one of your prayers this year, my friends. It is a prayer that we can pray again and again and again. And God is so good. He loves you so much. He's so faithful that he will answer it again and again and again. I know. I ask him every day for a fresh revelation of his love. And I have been doing that for over a decade. And he has not run out of ways to show me how much he loves me. And he has not ran out of love to give me. <laughs> Amen. So I pray that the Lord would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do 
exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen, my friends. All right, y'all. Till next time, keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.